Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys. So I'll make this pitch extremely easy for you. We've got a free $20 to hand to you, which you can use on fantasy sports betting immediately. All you have to do is download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up using the promo code LEGACY, and deposit a minimum of $20, and you'll get an instant $20 bonus tacked onto that. With the NBA reset season and playoffs underway, fantasy sports and daily betting for the resident NBA junkie has never been this intense and this fun. And when it comes to fantasy betting platforms, make sure to make the right choice and hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for players that makes games super simple and intuitive that even first-time beginners can pick it up instantly. Enter a contest where all you have to do is choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. You're merely dealing with over-under prop bets that each have a point total associated to them based on likelihood of occurring. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. So what are you waiting for? Win some money on the side while you watch the excitement of this year's NBA playoffs. Again, use promo code LEGACY when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where Andrew Gadlock and Darius Morris have mercy. We are finally back. The Lakers after seven years are back in the playoffs. Also, who the hell are Andrew Gadlock and Darius Morris and why did I bring their names up? Alan? If you don't know who Goldilocks Gadlock is <laughs> and Demo then you can just get out right now. Like you can just stop <laughs> listening, unsubscribe. I never want to see you again. <laughs> okay, more seriously though, why did I bring their names up in relation to the Lakers and playoffs? Playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs? Because Goudlock was the next little baby mamba, don't you know? <laughs> that guy that guy had balls of steel, that's why. <laughs> he he did, and also Darius Morris and Andrew Goudlock were the two Young players on the Lakers the last time they were in the... Jeez. 
playoffs. Exactly. And in the last game, the last two games of the Lakers playoff series against the Spurs in which they got swept uh, in game three, Darius Morris had 24 points and six assists. And Andrew Goudlock had 20 points and three steals. And then he closed game four with 14 points. And uh, that was also the same game in which uh, Dwight Howard ended up getting rejected or ejected from the Uh game in kind of like embarrassing fashion. Mitch Kupchak had to give him a little pat on the back as he was going back into the tunnel. Oh, man, just uh, I can't believe that's our last playoff memory. But it is. And we're here for redemption, Alan. But lo and behold... It's so fitting, or maybe unfitting, that the first year that the Lakers are back in the playoffs and it's under the weirdest of circumstances with no fans, right? No actual fans. Yeah. Uh, but that that's 2020 for you. That's kind of been the Lakers' weird, bumpy last seven years. I just want to bring up some names that were on that roster. <laughs> See if you All can right, remember. let's do it. So outside of Andrew Godlock, the Mini Mamba, and, and Darius Morris, we had uh, Chris Duhon. Doo-doo. Nobody called him doo-doo, God. but I'm going to call him doo-doo. Um, Earl Clark. Earl Grant. Earl Grant. <laughs> Who we thought was going to be the second coming of, I don't even know, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Someone crazy like that. Or maybe like Trevor Ariza. Man, I used to love doing me some Earl Grant impressions, man. <laughs> Earl Grant. Uh, and then Anton Jameson, uh, Spectrum Sports Finest. Anton Jameson. Yep. I don't remember. I, those are all the people that I remember. Antoine but that, Jameson, who loved to do his uh, post-game interviews with no shirt on. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And who also looks like our friend Chris Go a little bit. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Shouts to Chris. That was the last time the Lakers were in the playoffs. But the Lakers are back, and they have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. They have a, a blossoming Kyle Kuzma. And they got THT, the next best point guard in the league. All right, so... This episode is going to be kind of swift and quick just because uh, at the time of this recording, the Blazers still have to face off against the Memphis Grizzlies for their play-in game. We're going to talk mainly about the Blazers for obvious reasons, um, but we'll touch touch a little upon uh, the Grizzlies as well, just in case, because you never know. This is the bubble. This is the NBA. But for the most part, we're just going to talk about our feelings uh, regarding the Lakers heading into the playoffs after their last two outings and just whether or not our sentiments have changed since our last episode about, you know, just worrying about the ways that the Lakers have gone about sort of sleepwalking through and coasting through um, these eight reseeding games. So that'll be the gist of it. And then obviously because, you know, game one is right around the corner on Tuesday, uh, we will have our more fleshed out episode then. Um, but yeah. Before we get to all that, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. You're so lit about the Lakers returning to the playoffs, so get us lit and get us to 425 star ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I just posted a Cal Kuzma and Taylor Horton Tucker, their full consolidated bubble highlights uh, through these last eight games. For Taylor Horton Tucker, it's three games. Um, but I edited the highlights so they're organized and consolidated by play type, shot type, area on the court, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a much more intuitive way of watching their highlights. So if you want to check out those videos, please check out our YouTube channel, Lakers Legacy, and subscribe. Uh, also, if you want to help us out in any small way financially, you can go to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. I've been doing these solo mini recaps uh 
post game that are about, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes long that give you three key points uh, from the game that I sort of latched onto. Uh, whenever we don't have our, you know, full Lakers Legacy podcast with the whole gang. So if you want to check out those post-game recaps, uh, it'll soon become Patreon exclusives for those who just, you know, donate a buck. Uh, so with that said and all the plugs out of the way, Alan, I guess my biggest question to you right now is, since last we spoke, you know, Cal Kuzma had that crazy game winner where he squared up nicely on the baseline and fluidly just launched that three-pointer in the eye of Bull Bull. And then we had that last Sacramento game where we just rested everybody and it made sense to sort of just make sure we got out of there with no injuries. So, but since then, and seeing what's been happening with the Blazers and all these close bouts with uh, a myriad of different teams, teams that are not necessarily that good, but them still struggling against them, I guess, have your sentiments changed about the Lakers? Are you feeling a little bit better about them going into this um, this first round than you did, you know, just last week when we talked? Yeah, I would say so, simply because of that Denver game. Um, you know, we can get into specifics just a little bit, but, you know, like, they didn't play defense very well, right? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a little bit unnerving, but they just looked more confident. There was more swagger. There was more urgency. They're executing, obviously, offensively better. LeBron had a great shooting game. Um, so you can just feel like they're kind of rounding into form. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel better than I did just a few days ago. Yeah, to, to think that we were in that, that pretty significant slump, just in terms of the quality of basketball that we were yeah. playing. Like, it wasn't it just wasn't fun to watch, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think, again, none of us were panicking, right? We, we kept using all these other different words to describe our emotions, but... Uh, just to get that one, like, oh, this feels like the team that we watched all year. Yeah. Uh, just to get that feeling back was like the little bit of that little drop of confidence that I needed. So I, I feel fine right now. Yeah, and I mentioned it uh, in my last three seconds episode, but I felt like the team just needed a pick me up and something to liven up their spirit because when you're coasting through these eight games, there's not very much reason to celebrate on the bench like a like a bunch of buffoons the way they have all season, you know? And Kyle Kuzma's shot gave that whole team reason to. Reason to come together, reason to get lit, reason to throw their hands in the air, you know. Like you just don't care. Yeah, exactly. And jokingly, like, spray Kyle Kuzma in the locker room with water. You know, it's just, like, silly stuff like that, which made up the identity of our team. And, you know, they just lost that joy coasting. And it it kind of struck me how one moment like that could sort of flip my entire stance and demeanor and I guess sentiment regarding the team. And it kind of made me realize that, oh yeah, with a veteran team like this, when with LeBron James at the head, he doesn't need very much to quote unquote, I guess, ramp up or have something click when he can kind of take that moment, that good feeling, and then, you know, you have a little sprinklings of, oh, Markeith Morris is getting his three-point shot back in the Sacramento Kings game. Oh, Dion Waiters started to get back into a groove. J.R. Smith even hit in three that last game. You kind of just take those one and a half games or so of positive stuff, and I don't know, for whatever reason, for me, I'm like, maybe that's all they need. When initially I was a little bit more like, man, isn't it better to just be a little consistent throughout this process so it's not so disjointed and lopsided, but... But yeah, I I think just having seen that Kyle Kuzma shot and just how it, how it brought everybody together, uh, that was kind of all I needed. And um, I think on the flip side of things, and this can bleed into our discussion against Portland, 
did you see anything from Portland's end that you were like, oh, you know what, maybe maybe we were buying into the hype a little bit and, you know, just seeing how they're struggling against teams that are, one, trying to lose, or two, teams just teams that don't have anything to play for. And they're going into, like, overtimes and fourth quarters where Dame is really having to push it. Has that sort of changed your, yeah, just assessment of how this, this matchup might play out as well? Yeah, before it was just this generalized hype, right, of like, oh, gosh, it's Portland, and ah, oh, we suck against Portland. And Dame is like, I mean, the fact that they're double-teaming him right at half court, uh, I mean, that's like Kobe, <laughs> you know, like that's the kind of thing that teams mm-hmm. would have to resort yeah. to, to, to stop him. And I'm like, again, it's like, shit, like this is what it feels like, you know, on the other end. Um, but the fact that, yeah, defensively, they are pretty freaking awful. They're giving up like 70 points and a half to teams that should not be scoring, you know, that much. Um, it, it definitely kind of like tapers my, my expectations of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would say that my level of worry about like actually losing to them uh, has diminished quite a bit. I never thought we were going to lose to them in the yeah. entire series, right? But it's like, oh, we don't want to get pushed too hard. Um, I, I mean, I could see it going four one, right? I, I think we would drop a game to them for sure. Four two, I could see that situation. I don't, I don't think it's going to go seven though, right? And I, yeah. I think we could even win some of our games fairly comfortably against them. I don't think they're all going to be like super close overtime type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my biggest concern was like we have been in such a lull that when we get into that game one against them, a team that's been playing high intensity ball just mm-hmm. because they had to, that we would just yeah. fall flat on our faces and we'd lose game one. Uh, what happens from there, you know, that's probably all they need for motivation. But even even that scenario is not so bad now, I guess. Um, well, actually, I'd still be pretty annoyed by that, wouldn't you? <laughs> if, the, if the Lakers are just like, man, we told you guys to be a little bit more sharp and you yes. chose to go this route. Yeah, and for no, some reason, suck. we're down 0-1 when this is the first. And also keep in mind, like, this is the first time in seven years we've been to the playoffs. Even though we, we know or we're confident that we're going to win the series, like, don't you want to put your best foot forward? Yeah, you know, you, yeah, you got to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> like immediately if you lose game one that's like oh the last 10 years were zero and five in the playoffs in the first round oh, you know it's like so annoyed like please can we just win game one and i think i think after seeing how the lakers have been able to like turn it on when they want to uh turn up the intensity when they want to the the joy the excitement etc not to say that they can necessarily flip a switch but it, it gives me confidence knowing that yeah from what i've seen from lebron james from what I've seen from the question mark guys of Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso, who've had the most consistent and steady, at least intensity and effort, these bubble games, and seeing kind of Danny Green come around, the three-point shooting come around the last two games where they've shot 40%. Actually, it may even be higher than that if you include the Sacramento game, which nobody really paid attention to, so I don't even know the numbers for that game, but it seemed like our three-point shooting was uh, on par. That, yeah, I, I feel confident that... They will go into game one ready. And also, they have a lot of bulletin board material now, just hearing so much of the Portland hype in their ears about how this is the best eighth seed in the history of the NBA, and how if there was ever an eighth seed that could beat a one seed, it's Dame. You know, I there's no way they're not hearing that because there's nothing to do in the bubble, you know? Yeah, right. So that's, I feel like, all the bulletin board motivational material they need. And on top of it, Rondo's not here, but 
the last time Anthony Davis faced off against the, the Portland Trailblazers, uh, he swept them, and he had numbers like 35 and 14 and four blocks, 28 and 11 and two blocks, 47 points and 10 rebounds and three blocks. He had numbers like those against them. So pretty confident that Anthony Davis will dominate his matchup against the Blazers when we get to that potentially. Um, so we'll take it to our first break. And when we return, we'll close this episode out and just give any additional thoughts we have on what a potential Lakers-Blazers matchup might look like. And also, if the, the Grizzlies are somehow able to win two games in a row against the Blazers, how that would look like for the Lakers. So we'll catch you guys after the break. All right, so we are back. Uh, one thing I wanted to note before we move forward is that LeBron James won his first assist title of his career, which is kind of surprising. That's crazy. And he averaged 10, 10 assists this year, and this is all, actually also the first time that he's averaged that many assists in his entire career. His last highest was, le, I think, 9.2 assists with the Cavaliers, uh, his last stint there. So 10 is actually his highest assist total. This is something that I predicted in our uh, season predictions hey. um, episode last year, which is pretty cool. Obviously, I, I tied that to Anthony Davis, but seeing how our role players didn't end up shooting threes as as uh, proficiently as we hoped, it's still kind of surprising that he got to 10 assists. But uh, LeBron James averaged a double-double with assists, so congratulations to the King. He was obviously the most instrumental and integral part of our, our, our offense this season. All right, Alan, quickly, let's say the Grizzlies somehow beat the Blazers uh, twice in a row, today and on Sunday. What's that outlook for you and for the Lakers? And do you have any concerns there? Or are you just like, yeah, just give me I your thoughts yawned, on the Grizzlies. I just yawned, by the way. <laughs> you just yawned. <laughs> when you said that, oh, that was unintentional. Maybe that's all you need to say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> um, nah, <laughs> no concerns. I, I think it would be a sweep, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yep, I guess the only problem would be playing down to the competition potentially mm-hmm. um and, and not like necessarily for an entire game to the point where we're gonna lose but we might play some crappy basketball against them right for for mm-hmm. stretches at a time and in terms of fine-tuning yourselves uh that's not what you want obviously yeah. you'd hope that we would have that killer instinct and uh you know step on their throats and all that kind of stuff so i'm not saying that i prefer portland necessarily um, I think the easier route is totally cool, but uh, I, if, if we did have to play Memphis, those would be my only uh, concerns. Just something to look forward, you know, look at. But uh, that's about it. Yeah, and the Grizzlies, you know, they are so inexperienced, and maybe I'd be a little bit more scared of just like you know a young team with with nothing to lose if they still had JJJ and if Tyus Jones were playing. But their team is already kind of injury hamstrung and um when you have when you already have that going against you it's kind of tough to you know overcome those obstacles on top of the fact that you're just such an inexperienced team top to bottom and your most experienced player is probably Jonas Valanciunas you know but to your point you know that is my only worry the the fact that the Lakers would just sleepwalk through this first round again and they'd be sort of in this like coma state this you know Thanksgiving what what is the term? Oh, oh, Tryptophan. Oh, oh. They're like, yeah. <laughs> they're just in this mode that they've been in this entire Orlando bubble outside of 
ironically, the first three scrimmage games and the one Clipper game. Um, I just don't want them to be in that mode because potentially their second round matchup is against the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Houston Rockets. And to not have another ramp up for that first round is a little worrisome to me. And I know they're going to use that first round to tinker and experiment more. It's like, nah, man, let's actually treat this like playoff basketball. And I don't think the Grizzlies are going to give us that. It's already a weird circumstance with the bubble, but on top of it, you have a team that normally wouldn't be in the playoffs in a regular season where Golden, the Golden State Warriors are in the fray. Yeah, that would be my biggest worry, that one, we would play down to the competition, that we would continue to sleepwalk through these games, and we wouldn't be primed and prepped to play high-intensity playoff basketball, just kind of toying with our food against the Memphis Grizzlies. So um, no disrespect to the Grizzlies. They're a fun team. They're exciting. John Morant is amazing. And he may actually pull this off. You know, would you be surprised if they won game one just because they don't have anything to lose? Um, I wouldn't be like 100% surprised. I, I'd be surprised. But yeah, I, I mean, I can see Jaw like putting the team on his back and just playing with, you know, utter confidence and then us being stupid on the defensive end and not knowing how to figure it out. Oh, sorry. I meant game one against the Blazers. Like in the, oh, in I think meant against us. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'd be surprised for sure. But the play-in against the Blazers. Oh, no. No, no, no. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, you know, guys get hot, and it is what it is. So I, I could definitely see something like that happening today. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to have mm-hmm. another game tomorrow. Yeah, I am. I'm. It's, it's funny because I don't want the Lakers to play an opponent like the Grizzlies just because it'll make them lackadaisical. But... I'm 100% rooting for the Grizzlies in these next two days because it's oh, just sure. it's just fun to root for the underdog. And the Blazers have been so overhyped and Dame is this like bubble MVP that to just see it amount to nothing, it's kind of funny. I don't know. <laughs> no disrespect oh, yeah, to it'd Dame, be hilarious. obviously. The, the, the fact that like you have Charles Barkley, right, saying that the, yeah. the Blazers are going to beat the Lakers and they're going to make it to the finals and that they don't even come out of the playoff, the, the play-in game or whatever, would be freaking uh... hilarious. We are all Grizzlies this weekend. Yes, yes. Go Memphis. I love Tennessee. Justin Timberlake can't stop the feeling. There you go. But with that said, turning our sights to the Blazers, we, we've talked ad nauseum about this team, but to cap it all off and summarize things, I guess, one, what are some things that you are worried about if you are worried about the Blazers? And then if it's not a Blazers thing, what are some things you're worried about with regards to the Lakers? As far as the Blazers go, it's obviously Dame and our perimeter defense. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, we got to put KCP, Alex Caruso. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it really sucks we don't have Avery Bradley. You know, that would be such yes. a fun matchup to see. Even if, like, Dame gets the best of Avery Bradley, you know, you just feel like, well, that's that's all we got, right? That That's our best, and, and you can really live with that. So there's a little bit of uh, trepidation <laughs> there mm-hmm. for me. It's like, what, what are we going to look like? Um, because clearly, as you can see, like, you could D him up uh, as best you can, and he's still going to knock down those shots. So then you got to do weird stuff like doubling him at half court where he's shooting, as uh, Pablo Torre said, he's shooting from Jerry West's thigh. Um, it's <laughs> so weird to say. It's a weird thing to say. It was actually the hip because the thigh is on the other side of the backcourt. So shooting from the hip makes even more sense, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, when you got that going on, it's like, all right, so now CJ McCollum, despite he's got a broken back, um, he's still playing well, obviously. So yeah. what are you, you going to do there? And then 
so yeah, that's a concern. And then what we do to other teams, right? It's like, oh, pound the ball down low, things like that. Yeah, they got Nurkic. They've got uh, Zach Collins. So even that isn't just like a gimme, you know, where we're going to expose their lack of interior defense because that's not necessarily the case with this team. They're very well balanced. So mm-hmm. um, it's a good matchup is what that really means. Now, as far as what they are going to do to stop LeBron, I mean, that's every team's question, right? So you would just hope that uh, LeBron has those moments, right, where he just completely takes over the game in all facets. And I I hope that Anthony Davis, I mean, can channel what he did against Portland, like you said, in the playoffs that one series. Because we've seen in the bubble where he gets a little bit weird, you know, for lack of a better word. It's like, yeah. what's going on with this dude? So, um, yeah, that's those are the things that will be really interesting to watch. Uh, but defensively, just guarding their backcourt is going to be a little scary. Yeah, and, and more specifically also guarding the perimeter. I feel like if there's like a, a chink in the Lakers' armor defensively, it's guarding the perimeter, especially against these high-octane teams that have just multiple guys who can drain it from three and from far oh, out. Yeah, and Gary Trent Jr., forgot about him. He's yeah, hot right now. he is hot right now for sure. And, um, you know, people will always point to the fact that Anthony Davis faced off against Nurkic in that last series. That's true, but I don't think Nurkic had the supporting players he has in that front court mm-hmm. that he did this time around Collins was only like a rookie I think or a second year player and then also he has Hassan Whiteside coming off the bench and you know Hassan Whiteside is kind of a bum he's kind of slow but he's still like a seven foot one dude with long arms you know and a big body that can sort of help Nurkic in that respect and, and they can give the Lakers different looks so I don't not necessarily concerned about that but just that they match up better against us now than they did before, I feel like. Um, they are obviously missing a wing defender like Trevor Ariza, who they don't have. Yep. I will say Carmelo Anthony's looked pretty good, at least he um, has looked pretty offensively, good. and he's rebounding well and whatnot. Although, man, if he if they if the Blazers hadn't won that game against the Brooklyn Nets and Karis Levert hadn't hit that jump shot, Carmelo Anthony would would have been the biggest scapegoat in Portland, dude, because the play right before that, I don't know if you remember that play, he was wide open on the baseline for three. And he couldn't yeah, yeah, ice yeah. the game. Right. And he it just went, he, he missed it. He was wide open. I thought he was going to hit it. But anyways, Carmelo Anthony has actually been playing pretty well, at least offensively. Um, but he's been trying on defense as well. Mario Hazonia is doing some stuff. You know, I'm not too worried about them. But I just, I don't think we can copy and paste what happened, you know, in the 2018 playoffs to today. Although we have LeBron James, et cetera, et cetera. With regards to Anthony Davis... I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt and just say that he was preserving himself during this bubble, and he that's the reason why he was taking all these jump shots. And hopefully come this first round, he'll be pounding the ball a little bit more in the post, and we'll be giving him more opportunities going downhill where we just throw him a bunch of lobs. He's, you know, back-cutting. He's doing these reverse spins on his defender. A lot more stuff where he doesn't necessarily need to hold the ball in his hands for too long, and he's just on the go, going downhill, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Yeah, the biggest worry for me is, is like you mentioned, just guarding the perimeter backcourt, these um, fiery ball handlers who can just cut up our defense, knife into the lane, step back from three. Avery Bradley is sorely missed in that respect, even from the fact that he'll just antagonize Damian Lillard. I don't care if Avery Bradley fouls out, you know, it's just we, we've talked about the mental effect he has on players. Avery Bradley also gives us the added benefit of he's another veteran that 
referees might respect too. He'll get foul calls on him, but I feel like he'll get away with more stuff than uh, Alex Caruso would, right? Or a KCP. So that's definitely one area that we're, we're missing Avery Bradley in as well. One thing that I feel like does help the Lakers is just the fact that on one end of the spectrum, the fact that the Blazers have been so... They've been playing high-intensity ball and they've been sort of sharp this entire time is the fact that I didn't realize like how many minutes Damian Lillard was playing, how many mm, minutes CJ yeah. McCollum's been playing on a bad back, um, just how fatigued Dame is starting to look, uh, how much he's having to carry. It almost reminds me of um, that Kobe Bryant year, like his, his Achilles tear year, yeah, where he had to put the right, team right. on his back and he was just pushing, pushing, pushing to the point of absolute exhaustion every single game. And Dan Tony had that famous post-game conference, press conference right after where he was like, yeah, I'm riding Kobe like Secretariat, the horse, you know? Yep, yep. That's what I feel like is happening to Damian Lillard. The fact that he has a play-in game today and it might go two games and then he has to play a back-to-back this weekend and the turnaround time, usually the turnaround time for, you know, a first round is you at least get like three days, three or four days and then exactly. you play that weekend, you know? But no, he's going to play on Tuesday. And, you know, there's the added benefit of you don't have to travel and whatnot. But still, you have to like, think. But you're, also, you're also icing yourself in your hotel bathtub yes. <laughs> as opposed to an actual facility. So yeah. you got to wonder about all the treatment. So you have to think they're like running on fumes at this point and they'll be very, very tired. And the fact that they're already kind of going to get beat up by a big team like the Lakers who haven't really shown all their cards and haven't shown the typical intensity that they like to play with. Ooh, yeah, that's kind of what tips the scales for me and, and brings me back to a place of I'm not really worried about Portland in the long run. It's just really that first game, you know, where, whether or not I'll be annoyed by the fact that, oh man, the Lakers look sloppy. But, oh, one last thing I want to point out is the fact that we're not playing at the Rose Garden. Oh, for sure. That's huge. Yeah. No Portland curse. That, that's probably one of the few arenas where, of course, there are going to be Lakers fans, but more so than not, that, that building's going to be, you know, bumping and against the Lakers. Yeah, so historically, that's been like a cursed spot for us. So they won't even have that advantage um, in their favor. So, yeah, um, I'm ready for the playoffs, dude. I'm ready for round one. It's been a long time, so I'm kind of just, I don't even know what to expect anymore. Also, including the fact that it is under a different context, so it won't necessarily even feel like the playoffs but yeah do you have any last things to say um before we close it out uh no nah, dude i mean i'm i'm freaking excited like you said it's um it's been a feeling that we haven't had in a really long time so it's gonna be interesting just like waking up tuesday morning you know and, mm-hmm. and knowing that in several hours later game's gonna be on and then what's it gonna feel like at four o'clock and five o'clock right like just that anticipation yeah. so it's something that we i'm sure have like taken speaking for myself taken for granted really our whole lives except for uh the last decade so it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be really really great to be back i ain't taking this shit for granted now no. um i'm gonna be really aware and present and in the moment and just just have fun so yeah dude yeah, it's going to be sweet. It's going to be lit. We're going to have basketball from 10 a.m. till the time the Lakers tip off. And Woo! for that, we can be very grateful. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fun. Happy to uh, be on this journey with you guys. This is going to be the first time podcasting yeah, about dude. a playoff team. <laughs> Holy crap. You're going to see a whole new side of us. <laughs> We're going to be so irrational and stupid. How have we done this for so long? It's crazy. All right. With that said, we'll stop talking here. And we'll the next time you hear us talk, we will be talking about Lakers playoff basketball. Basketball that 
is on track and leading up to potentially a championship contending run. So um, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and review us five stars on iTunes. Go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. All that jazz to get you pumped and primed and ready for the Lakers first round matchup against the Trail Grizzlies. So (laughs) we'll catch you guys next time. Alan. Javin. Catch you later. Peace. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.